I'm Patrick Heinz, a corrections officer for over 20 years. I now represent Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, a group of criminal justice professionals working to legalize and regulate marijuana. Smart marijuana regulation improves public safety by defunding criminals. I am Dr. Lester Grinsberg, Professor Emeritus of Psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. Do you need a medical marijuana recommendation like I did? Do what I did. CanacareDocs.com. Compassionate, compliant, and confidential. Go where I went, Mike can, to get my medical recommendation in Massachusetts. CanacareDocs.com. If you're suffering like I am from back pain, or maybe you have MS, post-traumatic stress, seizures, AIDS, cancer, glaucoma. If you're suffering from pain like I am daily, call CanacareDocs.com. It's a much safer way to go. No opiates. You want medical legal cannabis? CanacareDocs.com. Convenient, nine Massachusetts locations, Peabody, Quincy, Waltham, Brockton, Stoughton, South Dennis, Cape Cod, Fall River, and Worcester. Also, I forgot, Seekonk, also in the states of Delaware, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Maine, and coming soon to New Hampshire and New York, it's CanacareDocs.com. Get your medical recommendation, get legal, CanacareDocs.com. Welcome. We're the Young Jerks every Saturday at 6 p.m., Sometimes running a little late, but we get on. Sometimes 6.05. Yeah, and we cut right into the music when we're ready. Like, as soon as we're ready, we're coming live. Too bad if you like that song. Yeah. It's going. <laughs> People <laughs> should know that at this point. Uh, 617-500-7100 is the phone number today. We're the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. And I am Brianna Morrell. And uh, we have some... Sp- we have some great people here. We Some people that uh, haven't been around for a little while. Two, two actually. Uh, one for quite a while. Uh, so we're, and we have someone on the phone too. So we, and we have so much going on in the show. So we're gonna try to keep it moving. But uh, we gotta say that uh, we're happy that Lauren Pispiz is here. Welcome, mm-hmm. Lauren. Let's give her a round of applause. Hey, I'm back. And I'm uh, free. <laughs> we're gonna talk to you a lot today, right? Uh, yeah, I sure hope so. And uh, we also have Stephen Mandilli in the studio. Hello. We're going to be talking to him today, and we're going to be talking all about the legal campaign and uh, some of the stories that have come out, and uh, hopefully your comments, and, and how I think the tide's actually starting to turn in our favor on that the last couple of weeks. People are fighting back. I love what's going on. Uh, we're going to talk all about that today, aren't we, Bree? Yes, I think there's been a lot of things happening uh, with the legalization campaign and picking up momentum with their recent ad campaign that's been launched. So hopefully we can keep that momentum going. And some of the uh, questions and, and p- calls and people uh, really wanting to find out what's going on with this crazy campaign against it and showing up at forums and asking questions and calling into radio shows. I'm hearing stuff that I wrote and I'm just very happy that people are <laughs> repeating the good stuff it's and they're educated. There. They're more, and noticing that the audience at these forums, like the UMass forum this week, uh, the audience was more educated about what was going on than the two moderators. The moderators thought they were so smart and they were like, wait, wait, they're like, you, you don't get it, moderator. The crowd already knows the question you're going to ask and they're happy because you finally asked one good question. And how <laughs> they many knew the good topics? Qu- how yeah. many topics will people show up like that where they're yeah. already educated and informed about their topic right? and they're showing up to make sure uh, it's And they're sick of, of the lying propaganda that's been going on in the Boston media. But uh, w- since we're talking about lying propaganda media, I want to uh, transition to our guest on the phone from uh, Colorado. She... Uh, was originally uh, East Coast and uh, someone that's done a lot of advocacy and activism even you know in college and since then and as a mom and moved to Colorado and she's uh, 
at Ladybud Magazine. You know about this, right, Bree? Yeah, I'm actually a really big fan of hers and a lot of what she stands for, Diane Fornbacher. Uh, we have her on the phone. Yeah, right welcome now. to the show, Diane. Thanks for having me, guys. I want to give you a little round of applause for all your work and your advocacy. No, 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 no. No, no, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and what you do for women no. in the industry, too. You no, know, I, I just think. love that. I'm, <laughs> Thank you, though. <Mel. laughs> My face is so red now. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so how are you doing in uh, Colorado out there? Um, we're, we're doing okay. Um, unlike what everyone on the prohibition side is saying, you know, the roads aren't paved with gummy bears. Uh, we're not actually <laughs> even allowed to sell those anymore. We can't even use the word candy. Uh, but, you know, if you go to the pharmacy and your kid needs some, you know, cough syrup or antibiotics, they can, you know, be bubblegum flavored or, you know, uh, any manner of things. That's a really long list. But how am I doing? I'm doing well. We, um, we just started republishing again after a long self-care break for myself. Um, and uh, I haven't really announced it anywhere else yet. I've been alluding to it, but I might as well tell you guys that Ladybug will be having a podcast located at So High Gallery, which is owned by Hemp Hood Lab, the boutique clothing company that uses primarily organic hemp and organic cotton for their beautiful tailored hemp clothing. Very and nice. uh, we'll be hosted there. We'll be doing that every Tuesday um, from about 1230 to 1:30 Mountain Time. Awesome. I'm excited. Congratulations. Are you doing that yourself? Are you Thank you. Are you hosting that podcast? Well, I'm hosting and then we are, you know, I have a co-host her name is Priscilla Solis and she is a uh, refugee from a uh, cannabis refugee from Texas and uh, we're right now working kind of on how to understand some of the technology which seems pretty straightforward but there are a lot of bells and whistles we kind of want to engage too, so Definitely. Yeah. Well, you say refugee. I know what that means. I know a lot of our audience does, but some people might not know. What what does that mean? So a cannabis refugee, unfortunately, it's really sad in our purported land of the free that we have uh, cannabis refugees who cannot access cannabis in their home states who feel that they have to move, uh, not just because they feel that something might happen to them, but largely speaking, it's because something has happened to them or their family, and they don't want to wait uh, for someone in their family who might be a patient to die before they can get access illegally. They want to access it legally in a market that's more developed, say, than the black market, which, you know, n no bad feelings for the black market. We've all participated in that to access our medicine and or recreation as the um, the range of cannabis efficacy can be both and everything in between. But a cannabis refugee typically has to leave a state within our own U.S. borders to go to a different state. And then they have to deal with uh, their new location and people around them being pissed because they didn't fight hard enough where they were, apparently. I mean, I hear the stuff at the hair salon or the grocery store and people being very angry about all of these cannabis refugees thinking, you know, why can't they stay where they are and fight harder? Well, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, you know, these are very placid and shallow assumptions about a lot of people who have moved. So, in short, cannabis refugees are U.S. citizens who can to get cannabis where they're from and they have to find it where they can get it and you you had uh some you moved you moved from new jersey right yeah collingswood new jersey which is a great town and i had to move because my son mentioned hemp in school and they didn't know what it was and uh since i don't lie to my kids and educate them um he said it's like marijuana but you can't get high from it well that got cps into my house um on the assertion that you know 
Um, my son knew what hemp was, which meant they assumed I was selling marijuana out of my house huh. and neglecting my children, which is what they tried to charge me with. With no uh, so basis or evidence on that. Well, I mean, if you Google Diane Formbacher, you find plenty of, you know, uh, anecdotal evidence that you may presume but was incorrect. I mean, the dumbest thing, um, let's, let, me, let me back up. Not dumbest, but not the smartest thing I could do, considering my position and um, media coverage, would be to sell uh, large amounts of cannabis out of my house as a mother of two children, you know. Um, that's not to judge anyone who does that, of course, but I just think it would be smart not to. You know, considering the heat that already had on me just because I uh, engage in a freedom of speech and education. No, I agree. That's that's what I try to tell most uh, advocates who are really vocal, who want to be vocal, uh, including myself. I'm not uh, someone or growing because of that. You know, um, yeah, it I makes do. sense. And, and <laughs> uh, Diane, you talked about self care, taking a break. Uh, I mean, Ladybud mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, people love Ladybud. Uh, you, you have original stories. Uh, a lot of times, mm-hmm. some of them are for mothers. You have like, uh, you know, uh, even I'm looking right now at the self-compassion uh, chili recipe from Dr. Mitch. Um, yes, love him. You have poems from people in jail, you you know, and, and talk about jail and things like that. Um, you also talk about other uh, reform issues uh, beyond cannabis mm-hmm. sometimes even. Um, why did you need a self-care break? Like, what is that all about? Um, any advice you can give well, a- advocates or, you know, activists that run into burnout too and you know these issues because I, I know it's common well self-care is important for anybody and everybody and I think largely speaking um, we sort of say you know this person is so selfless they give so much of themselves and you know albeit I totally agree with that and I respect a lot of people who do it but you know advocacy is the kind and activism is the kind of work where you you care so much about the world but you know it I liken it to driving a vehicle of any sort if you don't put gas in it or hemp oil or whatever it is you're driving you know if you don't take care of it you don't do maintenance, guess what? You're not going to be able to be in it for the long haul. And, you know, life has a way of stopping you and warning you and your body does too. And a lot of people I know in advocacy are patients, whether they know it or not, but primarily many of them are self-aware enough to want to advocate for something they either want access to or have seen other people suffer and it hurts them to see it so, and they want to make it so they can um, access medicine or harm reduction services, etc. And it's if you are going to be in it for the long haul and you get burnout, that is a clear sign that you should have taken a break long before that happened. Um, I know it's hard because I have burned out several times in over 20 years of advocacy work. And the thing that I've learned about that is the drug war, racism, or anything that pisses you off and you want to fix or contribute to a solution is going to be there always. You, you have to let go of the guilt that an event might happen without you, that change might happen without you in the direction that you don't want. You have to forgive yourself for being angry. Uh, you know, you have to recover from organizational um, 
I want to swear here, but I'm not going uh, to because you told me yeah. that you have a policy. But dysfunction, you know, I, what a, uh, <laughs> yeah, dysfunction. I've been disappointed by a lot of national organizations, though I do realize that a lot of chapters are the real strength behind these. And you know, having been to the ivory tower of several reform organizations, I realize that I actually do belong in the trenches. But even soldiers get time off, you know, and they have to go and and rest or eat or convalesce. And I'm a patient. Um, I have osteoarthritis, which was diagnosed with this year, and I have complex PTSD, but let's be honest, all of it's complex. It just means that I've had several incidences in my life which would cause post-trauma, and so it's sort of compacted into a maelstrom of symptoms that I have to take care of. So as a patient, um, I wasn't taking care of myself. I was taking care of everyone else, and finally, my body and my mind on several occasions said, you know, if you're not going to stop, you're going to get stopped. And, um, you know, having to fly every week or every two weeks and being in and out of airports. And I also have endometriosis, which is an incredibly painful reproductive um, issue that many women have. Um, and so, you know, having this, you know, back pain and having to pull luggage through airports and check in and, you know, go to flights super early and, you know, squeeze into these, you know, um, back support uh, body suits and, you know, dress up and, you know, try to be on and, you know, stand on my feet for 15 hours at, you know, shows or conferences or, you know, wake up early, do a breakfast and, you know, don't get a break until about, you know, three the next morning and have to get back up at six in order to, you know, do the conference at nine. You know, that sort of busyness is manageable, but it's necessary to manage it better for a lot of people. You know, we have this you know, feeling of being overwhelmed because this world is filled with chaos and those who want to take action want to help, you know, but you, again, if you don't fill up your tank, you're going to run out of gas, you're going to wreck, a tire is going to pop and you're going to just go veering off a cliff. And I've seen that happen time and time again in many activists. Definitely. And, it's like uh, uh, you got to yeah, pick, your, important. pick your spots in a way too. That's the other thing. It's yeah. like, you know, like, you can't uh, do everything. I look at it like uh, wild animals, like they go out and they hunt. You know, they, mm -hmm. they basically, for the most part, they sleep most of the time until their stomach's totally empty. And then they go hunt and they, they kill, they eat, and then they sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not always chasing because they'll die. Because, you know, they just yeah. have to chase and kill. <laughs> That's true. So, if you have no fuel, yeah, you're just going gonna to run out. Now, and I'm not perfect at this, by the way. I'm no, no, I've been through it. Part. I agree with you. I, I've been to that so many times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the best things I did, it, it, you know, a lot of it, too, came through uh, my friend when he passed away. But even before that, I had left some stuff because of him. He was asking me to do it. It's been three years uh, since Michael Maltha left us. Uh, mm -hmm. But I took a break. You know, I needed that break after he passed away. I didn't do any shows uh, besides one tribute show for him. Uh, for a mm -hmm. long, for like six seven months and sometimes that's what you need. He did that a few times too. He just said, I, "Hey, one time he he had a a fit. He said he was retiring from the movement, and people flipped out. They were like, oh my God, he's leaving. He's retiring from the well, movement.' It's a bit much, yeah. you know. We're still trying to make a difference um, and try to get people access and try to reduce the drug war and the for-profit prisons, you know. So it's it's hard to feel like it's okay to sit down because so much is coming at us, but. You know, guess what? Whenever I took breaks and I came back, the drug war was still there. Right. Guess what? When I came back, there were still private prisons. And I have, nobody's ever going to say, you know, say if I died today, I'm not planning on it. But say if I did, nobody's ever going to say, 
you know, the drug war would have ended if she just hadn't taken a few weeks off. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to say that yeah. because they can't. Yeah. I mean, I turned myself inside out for this. I'm not saying that that deserves, oh, you know, so when you guys, you know, were clapping in the beginning, I, I have to learn to be more gracious about that. And I sincerely appreciate the spirit in which it's given, say, my crunchy friends. But <laughs> it's, it's, not super, it's not super admirable to turn yourself so inside out that you lose your I want to swear again, but that you lose your mind. Another four-letter word. It's probably not a swear. The <laughs> <laughs> most of them aren't swears here, um, except for the F word, really. Yeah, like, that's the like, one we try to avoid. I think in the C word. That's the best like, one. It's so yeah. weird. It's so anyway. You know, depending it's, on the country, sometimes they're used a little bit more yeah. loosely. But Diana, I was wondering, you had mentioned, um, you know, the frustrations that you can feel as an activist, and specifically, mm -hmm. uh, you said the frustrations with, you know, the racial disparities. Uh, and in mm -hmm. the cannabis industry, how it's getting carried over. Um, we recently had, you know, a report come out in Massachusetts where it had uh, said that there's still uh, racial disparities being proven within the Massachusetts arrest um, among patients. And mm -hmm. uh, since I think it was since dec decrim had passed, yeah. actually. And recently um, too, we've been seeing cases where uh, people who have recommendations are getting busted and they yes. always turn out to be black. It's always people of color being targeted. I so I was wondering in Colorado, have you seen anything? Have you seen the same thing happening? Um, do you have any suggestions as we're facing legalization of things that you have seen that have worked, bringing uh, people of color, lower income people more into reaping the financial benefits that they can have from being a part of the cannabis industry instead of getting shut out by it? Right. Okay. So first and foremost, I want to state that this is just a, like a micro uh, understanding of what we actually have as a macro problem in all facets of American life. Right. So it's not exclusive to cannabis. Exactly. It, is, it is across the board <clears throat> something that we see everywhere with mortgages and car loans and payday lending and Insurance. all of those things. So we really mm -hmm. have to just like work on it as Education. people. And one of the things I've seen the movement lacking in doing, although these past few years I've seen it increasing, thank goodness, uh, due to, you know, the... Uh, population of people of color who are actually within the movement and um, industry already reaching back out to the community, bringing them forward and going to the communities to talk to them. So, you know, many years ago, I was one of the keynote speakers, the Libertarian uh, Convention in Pennsylvania. And before I went to speak, you know, they have some socials the night before when people are checking in hotels and dinners and things like that. But I looked around and I realized that as an Asian woman mixed with a German father, I have a Thai and, Thai and German parents, but I was the darkest person in the room. You cannot talk about demographics if you do not reach into the community and right. go to them and try to build those bridges. You can't use citations from research and say this is wrong. You have to go in the communities and have people speak for themselves and welcome them to the community. And, you know, I worked for ACORN for a short time uh, pending some of my uh, funders request that in order for me to get money from them, I had to understand the connection between poverty and racism in order to get money to continue my cannabis activism advocacy. So when I spoke at the Mid-Atlantic Norm Philly Normal Conference a few years ago before I moved, I looked around the room and I saw that Philadelphia has a high population of African Americans. It has, in fact, one of the highest populations of black Americans in any major U.S. city. Okay, But I looked in this room and I saw two hat. black people yeah. out of 500. Yep. Um, and so I said, you know, where are the black people? 
And uh, every, you know, I heard this sort of like murmur and like, a, oh my God, did she say that? Yes, I did <laughs> effing say that because you can't. Here we cite, are. You can't cite a community without representation. So go in the black community. Nobody's gonna hurt you. Go to a church. Yes. Talk to a pastor. Thank talk you. to the advocacy groups there. Talk uh, to the welfare uh, Diane, our, 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 our uh, token black Sorry. guy here. Is, we we told him he couldn't talk on the first two segments because he'd <laughs> sidetrack the phone calls. But he's he's weighing in. I don't know if you heard him. His name's Rhodes. I can't hear a lot because uh, I. He was out. saying like hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, he said exactly. the black people are here. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. Exactly. Well, good. You know, but see, that's that's the that's the issue that I see when I go to events. It's not for the lack of caring. These advocates and these people in politics are involved because they want to care and they want to change. You know, they are purveyors and um, consumers of black culture. But I don't see a lot of inclusion and representation. No, I, I agree. Um, it's it's a lot of the normal chapters too, like you said, the national. I think on the local level too. Like I agree. I, I worked with Mascan for a long time. I think they're trying to get better on that. But uh, you know, mm -hmm. that's the one thing. Everyone I, I would, is trying, and yeah. I, I do want to say that because you know, I know I'm going to get a shit funny or crap ton. Oh God, sorry. Um, <laughs> of emails because <laughs> because every time I appear on something, someone somewhere has a problem with that. Oh, and with whatever. regard to self care, just reaching back really quick. Yep. Just don't give a crap about that. Just keep going and keep being positive, and know that that you're helping and that you're changing. That doesn't mean to be ignorant of other people's suggestions, but if they're delivered aggressively, you may not want to listen to that because it's not in kindness. Yeah, you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to respond to it. That's something I should respond that to uh, listen to is I don't always have to respond. <laughs> but uh, and no. and again, yeah, Mike, <laughs> the power of saying no. Like I think that's another one too. Uh, it's okay to say no. Like so often, mm -hmm. I say no. I say no more than I say yes. Like for a long time now, and sometimes I say you know I need to say no more now. I, I haven't been saying no enough lately. You know, like. Think about that. Sometimes it's okay to say no. Don't overextend yourself. Yeah, and absolutely, it no is really important. It doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means what you're going to be doing is that much more effective because effective because you have a focus. You know, I did try to do everything because when I started, there weren't a lot of people who who could or felt okay to take action. They felt okay to opine and criticize, but they didn't feel free to join me or help me carry this load. So in the beginning, I had to, but I realized throughout all of these years that delegating is really important. I'm still working on it. Hmm. But yes, saying a no is super important, not because you don't want to do it. We want to do everything. But you're only one person with two hands and one brain. That's right. Uh, we thank you for calling in today, thank Diane. Thank you so much, thank Diane. You. Yeah, and uh, it's Ladybud, Bud, B-U-D, Ladybud.com uh, is the website. It's good to see all the new stories. I've been checking it out, and you you have uh, you got quite a few new stories here already. We're trying. We're trying. It's only me right now at Ladybud. Well, good job. <laughs> It's, Thank oh. you. You guys keep up the good work. Yep. And one last thing, too, before we let you go, because you went oh, through yeah. the, the child, the, the refugee part. Um, we, we're seeing, like, Cara Crown Burnham came on last week, um, was mm -hmm. having some issues with the DCF and their rules and Brigham and Women's. And actually, <sighs> it turned out great, actually, because Brigham and Women's, it turned out, is not going to require the test. They're not going to follow the DCF guideline. So it looks like Cara can actually give birth at Brigham when she wants, which is great. But uh, we've seen these issues come up with the, you know, parents and the children and cannabis. And 
mm-hmm. another guy that we're going to be talking to later today, Scott Patano. Um, he was the sole, um, you know, had sole custody of his children. He had uh, had some issues with cannabis in the past where he had been jailed uh, for cannabis mm, distribution. Yeah. And then he became a uh, technology guy with a social app, high app. And, he, you know, he's having issues where they took his child away, it looks like. He's getting uh, weekend visitation, but and, and a lot of it this has to do with cannabis. Do you have advice for parents about, you know, th- these types of issues? Is it always, you know, if you run into this, you got to look at moving to Colorado or a better state? Or wh- what kind of advice or resources are out there for people. Unfortunately, a lot of people have opted into that. And, and like I said earlier, it's because they have actually faced it, not simply because they fear it, which is a legitimate fear. You know, I'm going to give you some background on CPS, though. You know, it's like, you know, CPS is governed by federal laws, but our state agencies of health and human services in various different states. But under our medical cannabis laws, uh, cannabis use for medical purposes shouldn't and isn't usually used as evidence of child abuse in courts, but a lot of courts do disregard the language. You know, it's more likely that a person's cannabis use may arise during proceedings for child custody. Um, And it's unfortunate because they sort of view that the same as, you know, being drunk all the time and, you know, the safety concerns people might have. So, you know, they, they determine people as unfit parents simply because they may be consuming or medicating cannabis on a daily basis. Uh, we see this a lot in divorce cases, yeah. too, even in ones where both partners are consumers or patients right. of cannabis. One will test clean and then, you know, say to the other, uh, here are some papers I'm serving right. you, and we have a court date, yep. and they'll, they'll be the one who tests clean. And the funny thing is about is this one, too. egregiously wrong. With Scott, he, mm-hmm. he, he um, because he got out of jail, you know, he had the past issues with cannabis. Or distrib- you know, distributed it, but uh, he served his jail time. He got off his parole. He's off of probation and everything. Um, but he was tested all through that, and it wasn't even using cannabis. He basically hasn't used mm-hmm. any can, and even since then, because of his children, passed, he yeah. d- he won't use mm-hmm. it. He doesn't even use it, and because he's had that past history and that he's his affiliation with his current company, which is called yeah. Social. So it's it's funny. This is a new app. one. Like usually, like you said, it's usually because you're using it. But in this case, he's not even using it. It's just that's how outrageous well, I, this crap is. Well, ideally, you would serve your time, and then your record would be closed. Right. It's not the right. case as it is, in, you know, as it should be, ideally. It's, it's just not that way. And it's unfortunate because I would prefer people consume cannabis over pretty much anything else. Right. Right. To me, right. that doesn't yep. say they're a bad person. Especially for medicine. Yeah, you know, especially over toxic you know? medicine. Most of these medicines are horrible. Like, if you really want to look at parenting, look at what they're yeah. taking in the terms of the pills. They don't ever consider that. I don't think. I, I don't believe that comes up. Uh, yeah, it's it's really unfortunate, and that is, uh, you know, as as Sarah, who used to write for us, Sarah Kent, um, she said, you know, in one of her articles for us, which is rather long one with incredible information inside um, of it. But it, you know, families are really the last vestiges of this uh, war on people. And it's really unfortunate because we spend a lot of time separating families, loving families, caring families. And, you know, sometimes we have kids who go to foster care simply because their parents are arguing loudly, which tends to happen in any relationship. The cops come because a nosy neighbor calls. And, uh, you know, they go in, they find an infinitesimal amount of cannabis. The kid gets taken, and guess what? Our foster care system is so overwhelmed right now because of the drug war that some of these kids don't come home because they have private contracts 
with CPS right. to private individuals who have not been thoroughly screened, and these people abuse the children. And in some cases, like a, a little girl named Alexis from uh, Texas, they get killed in foster right. care, so they mm-hmm. never come home. And this is for pot. It's yeah, awful. Right, for pot. Yeah. Uh, we, that, you know, that's the system should be the last place you ever want to put a kid yeah. in for pot. It's just crazy. And the thing is, the judge... You know, this is coming from a former foster care child. Right. I mean, I was removed from a negligent family, and I, you know, I would thank my stars that they helped me, but, you know, they're not always there to help. And it's become a political process rather than a caring process. You know, it... The idea here is now to adopt out children rather than unify them in a lot of cases. Now, I'm not going to say across the board all CPS agents are bad because they are tools of the people who control and pay them. You know, so, you know, they have limited resources and limited ability to to sort of push back because they won't be representing at that organization or, or, you know, government group anymore. But it's it's really unfortunate. I mean, when they came to to get my son, I was like, you're you're coming here for hemp. You're Hmm. you're coming here for hemp. You know, they came the day my father died, uh, or the day we were leaving for his funeral, rather. He had died like four days before that. So we couldn't even sign the papers to get him cremated because you have to do that in person. And uh, we had to leave a couple of days later, which cost our extended family a lot of money in air, airline fees and hotels and things, you know, uh, not to mention that it was incredibly cruel. But they came because my son mentioned hemp at school. Hemp. That's I ridiculous. I still lost my kids over hemp. The thing that it can help our environment and save some things, you know, I, yeah. I just was flabbergasted. I actually guffawed in their faces. And because of the stress, I had bought, you know, a pack of poisonous cigarettes when I heard my dad died. Uh, because sometimes you, you just, you just want to toxify and think about things. And uh, that is my right. So while this woman's, you know, telling me I'm a bad parent, I was able to light like five or six cigarettes in front of her before they called the police. And I, you know, smoked a few more in their faces. You know, but but that's okay. I right, guess. right. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Diana, we really appreciate you calling in today. You're, uh, yeah, give her a round of applause. Thank, uh, thank you, everyone. I apologize if I have increased your blood pressure, but you know, <laughs> no, you're you're great. Awesome. Ladybud. Thank you. Dot com. Yes, with a D, because Ladybug, where yeah. some people send emails to me, uh, that's a children's magazine. Ladybud with a D is what their parents should be reading. <laughs> yeah, we don't I smoke bugs. Read. We smoke bud. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right guys thank you so much and thank you for everything you're doing there thank you that's uh diane fornbacher again uh she's awesome isn't she yeah yeah, she yeah. i'm such a fan of hers and especially what she does for women in the industry and just being like a strong voice for that females need more representation yeah and for industry. families and independent media yeah. journalism like the journalism is you know i've seen a lot of those stories you know, break and get picked up by other media outlets, and they're doing great work. She's doing great work. Mm-hmm. Keeping it going. Yeah, ladybud.com. We're the Young Jerks, uh, WEMF Radio, every Saturday. My name is Mike Crawford. I'm Brianna Morrell. And uh, we have some people here, don't we, Bri? Yes, we have. It's a full house here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and they've been mostly Diane, good, but... except for roads a little bit. The black guy couldn't shut up. I'm out of here. Oh, oh you got to go now. He, that's the thing. He's here, but he's got to go. He's done his work. Where are you going, Rhodes? Doing a little fundraiser for the Moose Lodge. Where? In, in New Bedford. Oh, the Moose Lodge. You just Yeah, the Moose Lodge. Just a Moose Lodge in like... Uh, Moose Lodge 918 in New Bedford. Okay. What is it? And it's um, a fundraiser for this name, kid named Devlin. He had cancer and everything. Okay. And then, so we're just... All right, for Devlin. Yes. What about Haiti? Uh, we're doing that. Uh, uh, isn't that your family? <laughs> yeah. for, are you from Haiti? Yes. Um, How's the fam doing? Seriously. They're doing okay. 
um, they're on higher ground and stuff like that. They got a generator and stuff. So we're actually sending to a Facebook link something because she was saying that it's a, the majority of the stuff is covered by other nonprofits. So she's thinking like what they're going to need is the actuality like cell phones and cell phone plans because housing, medicine, and those things are taken off by Red Cross and other organizations. So they need phones. Yes. Talk to people and shit. Yes. Because a lot of people, that's literally their business, is the fact that they have a cell phone You're in a right. third world country, and that's how they get, get their business. Exactly. 617-500-7100 is the phone number. That's how they pay for things, too, a lot, too, right? Yes, exactly. It's like their wallet. That is their wallet, yes. It's their bank. Uh, we're the Young Jerks. We're here on WEMF Radio. We're just talking about Haiti. Before that, we were talking about Diane Fornbacher again, who was awesome. We're going to talk to Scott Patano in a little bit. Uh, before we go to break, though... Uh, we got to say, I mean, we got Lauren Pispiza here. Hey. How you doing, Lauren? Yay. I'm doing great. Yeah. It's, it's been I, Rose, nice. are you happy she's back? Of course I am. Yeah. Who wouldn't be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great show. Really, really, um, I don't know. I'm kind of just stoked to be here, kind of. You know, I'm like in this weird glowing space right now. I'm just like, yeah, all my friends are here and I'm not in a box. This is awesome. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly what's going through my you, head right did now. Did you know, like, too, that uh, Mike Conley won? No. Yes, yes, I've heard I that. I, I am so happy for him. Yeah. And I'm so happy for us yeah. as, you know, residents. We have, a, we have a guy who's going to yeah. be in office who's yeah. part of the show, basically. We got a guy. We, he's our guy. We got a guy, right? <laughs> finally. <laughs> we we finally won we one, know right? We know somebody. Yeah. Not just somebody who knows somebody. But we he's at the somebody. state house, not just at the city level. Uh, he's a serious house. business. Yeah. That's serious. And he's with us. Yeah, I know. He's done, he's done the show. Yeah. Well, we weren't around. He did the show. It's amazing. Yeah. We're the Young Jerks. We're here every Saturday at 6 p.m. on WEMF Radio. Uh, you can also listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, all those places. Oh, there's a new one, too. Uh, iHeartRadio. We're oh, on there, too. Oh, we got That's on there? fancy. Um, yeah, iHeartRadio. Wow. Nice. Uh, we're on all those places. Uh, Google Play. Uh, I don't know. We have a million of them. I don't even know where, where I'm on. Where to next? Yeah, th- where? Next, next stop, the moon. I don't know. You probably, <laughs> if the moon has a podcast, we'll be on it. <laughs> yep, we'll yep. Just look for us, the young jerks. All right. Because yep. we we had a kid in here that was interning a little bit for a while, and uh, he had uh, it, it, he listened to it on his device and some other one that I never even heard of, and I was like, wow. So we're at, we're everywhere at this point. Reaching yeah. things you didn't even know we were reaching. I don't know the kids. You know the kids, the kids. too. Like they're not on the same things that I'm on, right? The same formats. <laughs> I'm the like, kids and whatever. The they I'm on AOL. All right, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> we also. I'm don't not have one of them, but I have a Hotmail account. All right. <laughs> That's true. He does. We have another guest here too, Mike. Yeah. Who else? Yeah, we have Stephen Mandilli from Veterans Alternative Healing Inc. is here with us tonight. Great. Uh, glad to be here. This is great. And you've been doing a lot of good stuff, too. I've been way too busy. Way too busy. Did you go to the White House? I was going to say big news for yeah. you, no. too. Yeah. Yeah. Going to the White House uh, mid-November. Have you? Oh, well, the big thing, goodness. too. The, the big news, too, that, like, no, I don't know if people know. I know. But uh, have you seen that commercial? I haven't the, seen it yet. Oh, no. I've seen the it. Yes on oh, 4? Yeah. That's a funny thing. Commercial with I know, right? No, no. No the, way. Have you seen the commercial? The Yes on 4 commercial? With Steven. No, I haven't. No, okay. I haven't. And they, they've and only Jessica. played so basically uh, the campaign to regulate marijuana like alcohol has now put out one commercial on the TV that you see the police officer on. Yep, yep, I've seen that. Well, there's a couple other uh, commercials they've cut. I'm not sure when they're going to put them out. Usually they put one out first, yep, yep. and then they follow up a few weeks later with a new one. Uh, I think the second one, because I've seen him, uh, is Steven. I, it's a great video with his wife, 
And uh, I'm looking forward to see you on TV in a couple weeks. Oh, that's, so cool. that's so good. That's yeah. so cool. It'll be yeah. all over Channel yeah. Five because that's I see them all yeah. the time when I'm watching the news. Oh, yeah. 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 That is awesome. That's <laughs> cool. Steven is the face of Yes on Four. Yes on Four. <laughs> I, I'm happy to be that though. I want to be there, front, uh, fighting on the front lines with everyone else. You sure have. We have a lot to talk about today too, in terms of. Uh, we talked about the grandmother raid, uh, some of the pushback, the story I put out. But uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to try to get uh, Scott Patano on the phone, too, and uh, talk to him about his talk situation. Talk about him, yeah. yeah. I think it's worth saying again, too, we mentioned it briefly while Diane was on the phone, that Kara, one of our guests last week, that she had successfully, when we're talking about you know parents facing things against DCF, uh, Kara Crabburnham was talking about last week uh, going against Brigham and Women's Hospital against an unfair policy that they were enacting um, specifically in that hospital that said that she had to get drug tested and, and her she baby had to, pay had to get for drug tested. And she had to pay for well, it. Her baby mandatory test had and to get drug tested. It wasn't mandated by the state. It was actually mandated yeah, it wasn't by the law. hospital. It wasn't it was, law. It, was like it wasn't mandated right? even by the hospital. It was, mandated, it was uh, re, uh, um, not a request, but a recommendation, yeah, recommendation. Yeah. by this department under the state. So it wasn't law. It wasn't required. It was a recommendation. And this, uh, after review, after talking to Kara, They've decided not to test uh, her baby for THC. Or medical yeah. marijuana patients at that yeah. hospital, too. Yes. I believe that was a part of it. They're going to be changing it so that medical marijuana patients will not be unfairly tested at this so hospital. So that's good news. So that's, that's good. That's important. Yeah, seriously good news that for not at least one parent yep. who yeah, has been able to go through and seen some change. So hopefully we can talk to Scott and yep. see and what that's we can why do we for need pushing to for him. really get the vote out uh, for question four because this is... You know, these things don't end. Uh, As Diane said, it's not over when you win even. uh, But the fight continues to go on. And every win helps us get these secondary wins like this, like what just happened with Kara. You know, it's like if we hadn't won decrim and medical, that wouldn't be happening. But, uh, you know, so slowly but surely, we got to vote. Everyone's got to come out to vote. And make sure you register. That's one thing I got to do. I changed my registration. I think I got the letter that said I was registered, but I'm still like frightened as all hell that when I show up, that is not going to be able to. You can check it online, Mike. Can I? That's yeah, what I got to do. Check I it online. So everyone should look it up. We'll, we'll post a link. I'll figure that out because yep. I know you can. I, will, I can post it tonight yeah. while we're on the show because I found to do that, that one I believe you have to register by October 18th. Yeah. 17th. Yes. 17th. 17th. All right, 17th. So it's like 17th. 10 days away. Yeah. If yeah. you're not registered, yeah. go get registered on Monday. Yeah. Vote yes on legalization. Question four. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to get registered. You can do it right online, or you can go to your town hall, cl- how, uh, town hall clerk. clerk. Mm-hmm. You it's can very che- easy to do. You can check your registration status online, too. If you simply Google check your registration, Mass. voter registration status, Massachusetts, it's the first link. It's the Secretary of State's website will pop up, and you can go on there, type in some simple information to identify you, and they'll tell you what's going on. If Perfect. you have a smartphone and an ID, you can register just like that. Cell go. phone and ID. Perfect. We're the Young Jerks. We're on WEMF Radio. We're talking about Massachusetts, but, you know, you probably have the same similar deadlines in your state, too, if you're listening out of state. So just go get registered. Everyone should register to vote. Um, I saw someone, call, you know, registering voters at uh, Stop and Shop this morning. So... Um, not, oh, not market basket. Uh, market basket. Excuse me. Okay. I said the wrong one. Say, <laughs> sure it's a market basket. It's a market basket. You sure it wasn't market basket? Yeah. What's that say? That says market basket thirst yep. quench. I'm even yep. drinking market basket brand. He has off-brand yep. Gatorade. Yeah. I do. Market brand. Market hey, it's not off-brand. It's not off-brand. <laughs> well, if you market like basket. Did you market notice market. The, the soda we had at the Wicked Good Causes was all market basket? Yep, yep. Yeah, the man loved that one. <laughs> yep. We love market basket. But Rhodes is leaving. We won't say goodbye because we didn't get to say goodbye to our guest two weeks ago because of him. No, goodbye, Rhodes. <laughs> Love Bye, you, Rhodes. Rhodes. Bye, Rhodes. 
Love you guys. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, do we have any phone calls yet? No? 617-500-7100. Call in, He's people. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're going to take Let's a quick break. We'll be right back with the Young Jerks. Sorry. WEMF. We're back live with the Young Jerks on WEMF Radio. And my name is, uh, well, actually, her name is uh, Brianna Morell. <laughs> Brianna. Brianna. Yeah, that's that's why I introduced myself now. <laughs> and, my name is, and my name is Mike Crawford. I'll go back to that one. Get that, <laughs> yeah. one right. that one you get right. <laughs> Say it again. Bri- Brianna. Brianna. Yeah. I got it right. Brianna. Brianna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Brianna. 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 Oh yeah. I say it both ways though. Yeah. Or just Brie. I get so excited that I just <laughs> can't get it right. Oh my god. Like, all right, we got things to talk about. We do not not, not names, right? Not names. We well, maybe have, other names. Yeah, we do have somebody else here to introduce though. Yeah, and we also still here with Lauren Pisvisa. Hey. And Scott, but uh, no, actually, he said his name. <laughs> Stephen Mendeley. Hello. It's one of those shows today. Oh God. A lot of phone calls. Well, we have uh, uh, on the phone. We have uh, someone that made some news this week. You probably hear the children in the background. Oh. Um, Could be a little indication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The story went everywhere. It was like on uh, uh, Skunk, Skunk magazine. magazine. Yeah. Pick yeah. It up. And his also his own social media app. And I just saw it reposted everywhere. People were going crazy over the story. So he's a friend of the show. We want to have him come back. We know him, and we know that he hasn't even been using cannabis uh, for so long because of his kids. Yep. And this week he uh, lost his kids, lost the custody. He's got them for the weekend right now, and he's got them for weekends, every other weekend. But uh, he lost you know, full-time custody to his wife. And uh, I've seen some documents. A lot of people have read the documents. Uh, it really seemed like his wife shouldn't have been the person that got the prime custody, and we're wondering why, and Scott's wondering why as well. His name's Scott Patano. He's the, uh, I think he's the CEO, or the head guy yep, at the, the Social CEO High app. High. Welcome to the show, Scott. Hey, guys. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, being here. Make yep. your time. I Thank know you, you for taking time out of your time with your kids tonight to yes. talk to us about this, Scott. Oh, it's, it's an important issue, so I you know, wanted to make sure that um, I took the time to talk to you guys about it. Um, as I've been telling everybody, it's <clears throat> obviously it's going on in my life, and my first priority is getting my children back in full custody with me, but it's much bigger than me. I think there's a dangerous precedent being set in the cannabis industry based on this decision. Yeah, and basically what happened is what I said earlier is that uh, you, you you know, we talked about a little bit about this previous in the show before we had you on, but uh, you got in trouble, arrested, you went to jail for cannabis distribution. When was that? That was in 2012. And since well, then? Well, I got arrested in 2012. Um, my tri- You know, my trial took a while. I didn't actually do my time until 2014. And so you did your time in 2014, and then uh, 2015, you were on probation, parole, or what? Uh, what was that? Well, I got ve- I got very lucky with the way things went down um, because of the corrupt DA in uh, New Hampshire at the time. They took two years to indict me, so based on oh. that, uh, I was able to get get away with 90 days incarcerated, and then after 90 days, I got put on electronic monitoring. So I was released in June of 2014 on house arrest on the ankle bracelet. And it was at that time I got out on a Thursday. I picked my children up on a Friday 
and I had had sole physical custody of them ever since. And so how long was that? It was about two and a half years. And uh, how they had been? And how much of that time were you getting tested for marijuana use and drug tested in general? Uh, it was it was over a year because I was on the ankle bracelet. I got tested weekly. And you never failed for uh, the marijuana, right? Nope. You stopped never smoking. For anything. I mean, I know when you've been up here, we've offered it to you. You've said no, I can't. Um, you know, both when you were being tested and even afterwards because you're worried about the situation with your kids, right? Absolutely, because going, um, you know, through the family court, they were making such a big deal about my my past history with, you know, the cannabis sales, and then more so with my current involvement as an activist and as an owner, as the owner of Social High. The app. So you have a web app, app. which is a technology company, which is almost like a a meet, you know, a meetup spot for people who use cannabis, and not in terms of selling it, in terms of socializing. Is that correct? Exactly. I mean, everybody uses Facebook on a daily basis. I don't know anybody who really doesn't use Facebook outside of my parents. Um, but that's essentially what it is. It's Facebook for the cannabis community. It gives people a judge-free zone to discuss cannabis, to get educated on cannabis, uh, trade, you know, um, trade secrets as far as growing and stuff of that nature. And we actually uh, police it very heavily because we do not allow anything illegal to go on on the site uh, if we see somebody trying to pretend to be a caregiver or do illegal um, post about illegal sales we message them we will say hey this isn't what this is for please refrain from doing so if they don't heed our warning we then remove them from the community there you go so you're not doing anything illegal um, you're not even using cannabis I mean yeah. it's just we, we were talking about this earlier with Diane Fornbacher like you know because she was talking about uh, parents that have had their kids removed and had issues with custody because they were using cannabis. You're not even using cannabis right now, and you're still having issues over cannabis, which is it's unreal. It's unreal. And I, I read the document on you know on your wife, your ex-wife, and you know this. Who was this person? There, a person came in, uh, an independent third party, to to basically see if she was you know fit to be a parent and uh, to work with her. And it was a trained what uh, trained what do they call those child people? Child protective services specialist. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't even child protective services. Yeah. So, so I'll give you a little bit of the history. Um, she filed for divorce back in September of 2015 and tried to get custody of the children. Then, the first day that we were supposed to show up for court, she was not there because she had been sectioned that weekend for her abuse of prescription drugs. And so, at the next hearing. She came in and tried to scream about my past cannabis. The same judge who made this ruling rolled his eyes, looked at her and said, what's up with the pills? And proceeded to award me custody of the children on a temporary basis based on the hearing at that time. I was on the ankle bracelet. He knew I was on the ankle bracelet, but he saw me as the fit parent. From there, she was awarded, and we didn't even ask for this, she was awarded only supervised visitation. A full year and a half went by without her even taking advantage of that. Right. She had tried to go to a supervision center. The supervision center wouldn't deal with her because of the way she presented herself. They contacted me and said, we don't feel that we can ensure the safety of your children. Wow. Uh, that should say a lot. Yeah, forward, no kidding. The, uh, yeah. So as it went forward, the, this judge, Judge Peter DeGange, finally said, I'm pointing a court-appointed therapist, who ended up being Dr. Laura Craig Bray, 
to facilitate reunification. So basically, they were like forcing her now to get reunited with the children. And Dr. Laura Craig's brave job was to facilitate that reunification, oversee those initial visits, and then come up with a parenting plan from there, basically to reintroduce her to the children's lives. So that started out with in-house therapy sessions with myself, her and the children, then it went with just her and the children. And then eventually Dr. Laura Craig Bray graduated her to um, supervised visits outside the office, which occurred at her dad's home. So from there, um, she was seeing the kids every Wednesday for two hours, every other Saturday for two hours. And then of her own accord around 4th of July, mysteriously got a job on the weekends and couldn't see the kids on the weekends anymore. And she had some go-abouts with the doctor. Um, she got caught in a lot of lies, which is one of her biggest issues. She's a pathological liar. She has a, some sort of underlying mental condition that has never fully been um, deduced because she refuses treatment. And so as the trial approached, Dr. Laura Craig Bray was asked to submit her findings and recommendations. And um, the document, which I've made public, says right in it, I have concerns about Lauren's behavior. She cannot, um, she has, has trouble setting limits with her kids. She does not take responsibility for her actions, so on and so forth. And it says, at this time, I cannot recommend anything beyond supervised visits. And I would, and she actually recommended a guardian ad litem be added to the case to further investigate the issues. So we went into trial. Here we are two years later. We went into trial. My attorney says, I have never seen a document like this. She should have been to unsupervised visits right now. He says, I don't see any way that this can go south for you. He says, this is, you know, at the very least, he thought that maybe they would try unsupervised visits. And as we went through the trial, on the last day of trial, the judge asked me and her to leave the room, talk to both attorneys. He was, the judge was urging her attorney to try to get her to agree to the supervised visits so we didn't have to go through the findings and facts and all that red tape. So had she agreed on that day, this is the way it would have moved forward. And she wouldn't agree. Her attorney says, I wish I had a magic wand, Your Honor. And we left. And my attorney says that what he, the judge said to him, is says, I don't like your client. He's not doing anything illegal, but I feel he's a conduit for illegal activity. And he held up the doctor's orders and says, but I can't ignore this. And that's the last I knew of anything. So we were just awaiting the final decision. Conveniently, the Monday after the Freedom Rally, after Social High was the main sponsor, and we packed the common with over 100,000 people, as most of you witnessed. And you were in a lot, 10 of, media, a lot of media reports, yep. too, about it. Yep. Yeah, and you witnessed some of the interactions we got into with Governor Baker and Marty Walsh and, you know, the police chief out in Walpole online. And we, um, what is that? It's, just un we, it's um, unbelievable, Scott. We, it, it we really en is. We ended up getting 10 a.m. on Monday morning. My attorney calls me and says, you need to hire an appeals attorney immediately. I says, what? He goes, he gave custody to her. I said, what are you talking about? I thought it was a joke. And he says, I can't believe what I'm reading. And I've talked to probably, since the I released the article and, and stuff, I've talked to over a dozen attorneys who have reached out to me and asked me for 
you know, the facts of the case, show me what's on this. And there isn't a single person that said to me, oh, I can see how we arrived at this decision. Everybody's like, you have to be kidding me. Thank you very much indeed. Nobody has ever seen a judge directly defy the recommendations of a court-appointed specialist. Yeah, it seems really bizarro. It yeah, that's does, nuts. does not, like, when I read that report, I'm just, I'm shocked by this whole thing. His bias is very clearly coming through. And now he's he retired, right? The judge is retired, is that right? He's, he's retired. He went into retirement <laughs> a week later. Uh, we well, filed a motion to, we, 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 we filed a motion to stay the order while we appealed. We had to go back in front of him that following week and he denied that motion to stay he wouldn't hear it but the doctor who wrote that report was so concerned that she showed up that court showed up at court that day to voice her opinion he would not even allow her to speak oh, oh my god so what's what what happens now is there an appeal from here that you filed or what's you... the process that you have to go through i'm sure you've already so, filed but you can so we are in the appeals court we have filed the appeal uh, we were waiting on the, the CDs from the trial, which we received this past week. I've paid additional money to have them expedited into transcripts. So we will have the transcripts on Tuesday of this coming week. From there, um, <clears throat> my attorneys then dissect the entire trial and basically go through the trial word for word for word and put together a narrative, an appellate, what they call an appellate brief, which then goes in front of the appeals judges to say these are the facts of the trial this the judge was clearly outside of his realm of decision making when he made this decision so you're basically going to these independent judges i believe there's three of them on the board it's a three three judge appellate court to say this judge messed up and you need to make this right i hope they do but in the but in the meantime the children have been lifted from my custody, placed in the custody of their mother, who had never had an unsupervised visit with them in the last two and a half years, wow. moved them almost two hours away into Wednesday. I, I'm regulated to, you know, the standard, um, you know, what daddies get in the state of Massachusetts every Wednesday and every other week, every Wednesday and every other weekend to see them. I have to drive almost two hours just to see them. I have to go up to this this town, which I can only describe as if you've ever seen the movie Deliverance. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. You got the banjos in the background. Yeah, <laughs> the only thing that was missing was the banjos. Yeah. You know, and they've been ripped from the schools that they know, the, the the sports that they know, the friends that they know, all of their family. That's the, the even if you take me out of the equation, their entire family, including her relatives all live in this area mm. she is the only one that lives up there and here's the kicker oh yeah the house she lives in belongs to her fiance but he's got a history right all <laughs> all the stink they made about my marijuana past they just let my children move into a home with an unknown male who was released from prison in july of 2015 for cocaine trafficking oh lovely and he owns the house that their kids are living in he owns the house that the kids are currently residing in. Mm. And they're having an addition put on. Just bought her a motorcycle. <laughs> um, has a house in Florida. All off the wages of a short order cook. Mm, <laughs> of course. Oh, <laughs> man. 
This is crazy. 617-500-7100 is our phone number. We're the Young Jerks. We're talking to Scott Patano, who you heard. I mean, this is a tough story to cover, Scott. Uh, yeah. Have you talked to Mass Patients Advocacy Alliance or, like, Parents for Pot, any of those groups looking to help you out? Like, um, Parents for Pot, I've talked to. Uh, Mickey Martin was one of the first people I reached out to. Uh, Mickey was uh, one of the people that helped me write the uh, press release um, in conjunction with um, Jason Spatafora from MarijuanaStocks.com, um, who's a good friend and a father who feels very strongly about these things. Um, you know, so I have the full support of those guys. Um, MPAA has reached out to me uh, as soon as we put it out. Michael Latulip sent me a great email um, expressing his concern and, you know, offering MPAA's help for anything that, that I need. Um, it's a tough situation I'm in, too, because... Um, Michael Cutler, who I'm sure you're familiar yeah, with, yeah, he's reached out to me almost immediately. Wanted to know if he could help. But he said, as an attorney, I need to speak to your attorney first. He says, and I'm not going to do anything without the permission of your attorney because I don't want to harm your case. Right, yes. right. And he goes to my attorney, and my attorney says to me, Scott, I don't know how this publicity is going to help you. In fact, I think it could hurt you. And this is my. This is where I'm burning with even more anger because I'm being told that I'm supposed to sit around and be quiet right. and have faith in the judicial process yeah. that has already taken my children from me. Yeah. Right, and that's been proven. Well, this to is a problem that we all have in terms of, uh, you know, I look at MPAA and some of the other groups, even myself. It's like, uh, when do you be quiet to hope, hopefully get some justice? Right. And when do you scream to get justice? It's it's always a tough. What do you do? It's like it's like the, the, the kidnapped and ha- you know like hostage situation. You know the, th- those people are in the same type of situation. It's brutal. In this case, your kids, in a way, have been kidnapped. I mean, it just it just ripped apart. You know your whole life. I just feel awful about yeah. this for you, Scott. Oh, well, thank you. You know, and and like I said, I mean, it's you know, it's bigger than me. You know, this sets a dangerous precedent now. And I've had so many. People reach out to me, um, you know, just the, the, the uh, this evening, I had a woman out in Los Angeles says, listen, I know what you're going through. My husband and I own a dispensary in California. We had our children removed out here in L.A. Oh, and no. we had to fight for months to get them back, all because we own a cannabis business. Um, you know, so there, there's things going on and there's stuff and we don't know about these things because there wasn't noise made about it. That's right? awful. You know, uh, in a more tragic instance, we cited it in the article. Um, there was the infant yeah. that was removed from their parents' custody right. in Texas, all because the father admitted to child services that he smoked marijuana. And <clears throat> while in the care of the foster home, one of the foster parents like pushed the kid or something because they got angry, couldn't deal with the two-year-old. Child hit their head, brain hemorrhage, and died. That's... Overweed. That's a crime. Yeah, Over, it's, it's horrible. All taken from their parents, all because of marijuana. You know what? A, that's that's. And they and they wonder why. Like you know, I hear this all the time in the media that that we don't need to vote for legal because we got medical and decrim. Everything's fine now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, these are just and not that everything's going to be cured with a legal vote, but it's like this is why we have to continue to vote for these things right. and fight for these things and take these steps because. We're fighting, even when we win, we still are fighting a million fights. It's just, it's, it's horrible what they do to us over this cannabis. 
people are still strongly being discriminated against because of not even just cannabis use, but association uh, right. with cannabis-related right, right. companies. I and, think that's what's so disgusting about this You can this own case. a liquor store and keep right. your kids. Right. You, you can, can own a bar and keep your kids. Oh, you can sell cigarettes. You can you sell can cigarettes and a, keep your kids. You can sell scratch tickets, All right? All proven more dangerous than marijuana. Oh. You can be on morphine, no, no, not fentanyl, even that. You, everything. You can, you, you, can, you can sell cocaine and house somebody yeah, else. Yeah, apparently. Right. I mean, oh. oh my gosh. Scott, if there's anything we can do to help you out, honestly, like any anything, you let us know. Uh, I, I appreciate that, Mike. And, you know, you, you, as you know, you were one of the... Uh, the first journalists I, I reached out to because I know, you know, these are the types of things that you take near and dear to heart. And you, you know that I have more respect for, um, you know, the writing that you and Chris Perone and uh, the big Boston guys do than anybody in this city. So, you know, I know um, that you care about being a father. I mean, that's the big thing yeah, when sure. this happened. And I think that's why there's so much of a, a viral push on Facebook and from people that know you, we've seen you turn down the cannabis for your kids. Like you, you're, you know, you're doing things yeah. for your kids, and now look at the situation. You it's did just, everything right, and still, yeah. it's outrageous. No, it's 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 an absolute nightmare. And you know, like I said, if if at the end of the day, uh, you know, I can push this and bring as much light to it as I can, and foster some change, so the next person doesn't have to go through it. Um, you know, it's it's a win for everybody. Hopefully you don't have to go through it much more. Like, I hope That's that right. you win this appeal and, and things get looked at on this big time. No, I think they will. I mean, we, we, we're being told, I'm being told I have a very good chance with the appeal, but the appeal process, like anything else in the court system, is very slow. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be a matter of how, how quickly those, those, thing, those things can happen. Um, you know, we're currently looking at some other avenues motions to reconsider and stuff of that nature, especially in light of seeing where the children um, are living now. If they spend any, you know, considerable time up there, they're going to end up joining the redneck community. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, so, I mean, I'm concerned about their schooling, too. I mean, my son, I had letters from all the schools saying how they're excelling in school, um, you know, and my son, the first day, she's like, oh, my ex tells me, he goes in and he's reading off of the off of the bulletin board, and all the kids are gathered around him. Like you can read, and like they can't. Oh no! Oh no! He's in, fir- and he's in first grade, and it's like I'm asking him right now. Uh, what have you had for homework? Oh, I don't have any homework. Uh, and he's not doing near the level. I says, "Are you reading every day?" No, the teacher reads to us. He's not doing near the level of education he was here. Yeah, that's too bad. That's just that's not bad. right. That's bad. That's bad. So many ways this is wrong, Scott. No. Well, we wish you, uh, sir, again, and we wish you a speedy, you know, result on this appeal. Yes, yeah, least, getting uh, reunited with your children permanently. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. No, it's great that I have them here right now, and, you know, it helps with it a little bit, but, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately I want them back home where they belong. Yep. We hope, so. we hope that happens. We enjoy them this weekend. Thank you for calling in today, Scott Patano. Yeah. Right. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Take you care. Too. Stay strong. Take care. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's uh, Scott Patano, Social High app CEO. It's his child there. You can hear her. It's so cute. With such a heartbreaking story. It is. It's hard to talk to. You know, it's like, how do you... When you know somebody, when you know the person, too. Yeah. What a wonderful person. I'm just sitting here as a... As a father too, and I'm like, what? I, I've got nothing to say. Like, I don't know what I would. I know do. it's hard. I don't to, know what I would do. Sometimes it's hard again, to do this show because these, right. these, you know, these issues we cover. This shit's real. Yeah. yeah. It's just real. It's un, It's unfortunate. Yeah. 
We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're the Young Jerks. We're WEMF Radio. Uh, my name's Mike Crawford. And I'm Brianna Morrell. Bree. Or Bree. <laughs> not Brianna. Yeah, not Brianna. Brianna? Only my grandfather. Brianna. My grandfather's I... called me Brianna my whole life, so he's the only one who's allowed to and do Steven it. Steven so. Mendeley's here. Hello. And Lauren Pispiza. Hey. And Herb. Herb, what do you got for music? Uh, Bastille. Bastille? Yeah. What's the name of the song? Ah, uh, good grief! Good grief! I like the song. Uh, I want to give this to the King of Pot, Michael Malta. Uh, this this is dedicated to him. Uh, we miss you, brother. It's been three years, and uh, we're, we're gonna listen to Bastille. <laughs> so we're back live on WMF Radio. That was sort of Bastille. What was that? Good grief! If but you, then, if there you was some kind of like remix that Herbie. What you just pick the songs off YouTube? You don't listen to them first and see if they're gonna do like a Nickelodeon break. <laughs> someone's mixtape out there. Dude, that, that that's that was the name of the song. I'm sorry. We dedicated <laughs> that to my friend who passed away three years ago. He's and, rolling, and then it comes now. on and has this oh. techno back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like, KLP like Michael Jackson, so maybe it's okay. Okay. I don't know. He's, it will have he's to be still okay. accepting it. We we <laughs> cut it. We cut in early. We 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 needed to come back anyways. Uh, we're the Young Jerks WEMF Radio. Uh, you could never rely on us to take a two or three song break. We might, but <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while, yeah. we have. We've yeah, we have. We like do. We do. Minutes. But you can never know because we might just do a half a song break. Like we're coming right back sometimes, yeah. especially today. We got so much going on. Good things to talk about. But you can call in if you'd like. The phone number is six one seven five hundred seventy one hundred. If you'd like to talk with us. Yes. Thank you, Bree. No problem, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Crawdaddy. Oh, Crawdaddy. <laughs> Ooh, you're going way back. Crawdaddy? Yeah, don't bring up those memories. I didn't come here to be a neat sport of ladies. He's got a whole list of names. Yeah. Oh, fabulous. I, we'll go over them yeah, after the I'm, show. I'm, yeah. I look forward to that. We talked about it one week. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we have that's serious, though? Do you want to start with a not serious story, like the granny story? As well, that's serious. serious. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel bad for her. Up. People are calling it the granny pot seizing story. This it, poor yeah. woman. It's very serious. <laughs> a helicopter landed in this woman's yard. Yeah. Like she's a, she's a granny. A, I don't know if older, it, actually. I'm not sure. Woman. I don't think the helicopter actually landed. Oh, I no. thought, there, but there was a helicopter involved. There was a helicopter, involved. and there shouldn't yeah. have been flying over her house, shaking her house, scaring the crap out of her. I know. And but our men showed up. She actually and they wasn't home at the time. Yeah. Her son was the yeah, one right. who was home was at home. the time. And but then they to... show up and they don't tell you who they are. Oh, that's great. I de- they don't identify themselves. So. Yeah. No, they tried you know, to skip the Fourth Amendment. In yeah. some yeah. states, they have a right to shoot. Yeah, and they don't have a warrant. You know, this is this is a bunch of crap that goes on. I. You know, I think it's great that it happened. You know why? Because it's even the Boston Herald has a right. positive weed it, story in there. It's very um, sympathetic to our side, and it reminds people of why we're voting yes on right. for. Mm-hmm. It's I, I think that uh, for a few weeks, you know, it seemed like the campaign was kind of slipping, and people were worried that we might actually lose. And I think now there's more sunlight. I think people are realizing we probably are going to win. We're still ahead in, in the polls, in most polls, especially the most recent polls. Um, and I think that stories like this show why so you know DEA uh, did us a favor. Yeah, I, th- yes. I think that we're. I think the last week or two we, we're breaking. Like uh, Bree said, uh, number one, we have the commercials that are airing now um, on our side, pro commercials. Hopefully, Stevens, we get to see his on TV soon. Yep. Um, and you know, we also have all, like news stories like this where people are just like, "This is insane." Yeah. You know, and there was another yeah. case too of another woman who had five plants taken. And she showed up at the uh, one of the debates, and it was uh, David Sullivan who was the DA there, and she went after him and said, You're, 
these guys said that they came because of you, that you sent them, that they were your guys. He denied it. He said he had nothing to do with it, uh, that it was a DEA operation and U.S. National Guard, um, but he had nothing to do with it, um, that he would find out even, you know, why they were using his name. Uh, that woman was amazing. She just didn't stop. And she, you know, just how much did it cost? Like, how, you know, why are you doing this? How much what? money? That day that, um, you know, the granny pot raid that they're calling it, uh, I believe there were a total of 44 individual plants that were right. seized that day of right. multiple raids. It wasn't just, you know, at this one lady's house, 44 yeah. plants. Yeah. They had to take the time to go to all of yeah. these different residences. One plant here, five plants <laughs> here, two plants here. That's a great, you know, great use of my tax dollars right, right there. Right, yeah, right. that's exactly what they should have been spending their time doing right. that day. Like, I wonder how many people may have OD'd and or how many yeah. deals yeah. went down that day. And they're that saying that. They're totally illegal because they're not uh, they're out outdoors right um, some of those were fenced in and, and it's like uh, are they the the wording of the regulation for the medical because some of these people had medical cards is mm-hmm. uh, the wording is in plain view they can't be right. in plain view in right plain view from the street, from the yeah. street. Cannot and, be and so if it's a fence and it's high enough it's not in plain view unless you ha- you need a helicopter and that's yeah and you know, a helicopter it's in plain <laughs> view all right they are supposed to be fenced as well they're supposed to not be in plain view and they're also supposed to locked. be locked I understand right but some of these places might be I mean they might have been a locked fence i think that they're just saying that all outdoor you know the feds are coming and say it's outdoor so it's illegal which is She's you know because we could see it, we could right. see it with a helicopter Clearly. it's in plain view we can see it with a helicopter which is insane that's not yeah. what the, the well, let's take the call what? we have a phone call who's on the who's on the phone hi this is michael let with the mass patient advocacy alliance hey michael how you doing good good i figured i'd call in since you were bringing up this topic yeah what's um, what do you got We've been in communication with the folks out in Wendon or Weldon, I can't think of the name, but um, we're trying to get a meeting uh, right now to discuss this issue. We think there's a major problem here, and we think that one of the solutions we might have in the next legislative session is to pass a bill which would forbid state police and state agencies from being able to utilize funds for the marijuana eradication from, from the feds, the federal government. That's yeah. right. Good. Yeah, they shouldn't have any. They shouldn't be working with the feds to go after marijuana. Right, and at this point, the feds aren't really forcing the state police to do this. They're just proposing giving them the money. Grants and oh yeah, yeah. the grants are available, yep. and um, so the police aren't really necessarily breaking the Tenth Amendment. I don't think by uh, taking those grants. But if we take some legislative action in the next session, we may be able to prevent uh, the state police from applying for those grants in the future. So, Excellent. Well, thank you for that information, and uh, hopefully that you can get that done. Yeah, because does, does they need a, a helicopter in Wendell? Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. Really? <laughs> for, for, the, for the lady who's 80-something years yeah, old? Yeah, has, like, chronic arthritis. How old is old enough to grow one plant or five plants? <laughs> Like when when are you more like you know mature <laughs> enough to make that decision if that's good for your health? Yeah, how many mobility devices does it take? Yeah, before you need weed. Just well, to, we should know? note here. Question four doesn't really allow patients to grow outdoors, um, but you know we could feasibly once again pass some sort of bill that maybe protect one or two plants from being grown outdoors in a situation like this where you just had a grandmother growing one plant in a raspberry bush. We would assume that we might be able to fix, uh, you know, the ballot question afterwards to assure that these folks 
can and will be able to uh, do that. That's crazy. Did you see the video of the lady, too, that went after the DA Sullivan? Yes. That yes. was awesome. Well, that she was, was like, do you want me to take off my shirt and show you my scars from cancer? Like, oh he was like, no, no, please. Like, <laughs> like you know, and, and he, she wasn't the only one. There was another guy who spoke. Uh, again, he had been raided. Uh, I don't know if he was related to her. There was other people, too, that were... Uh, asking them questions and they were all fact-based like you know it seems like our side it, the education's getting out there our side you know at that forum in greenfield or wherever it was in that community college there it was like they were more educated again just like the bur forum they were the audience was more educated than the panelists that they were going against again you know in the moderators it was just it seems like we're actually starting to win um you know especially talking about opiates uh that opiates you know, don't you know? Aren't going up because of cannabis? They're actually going down because of cannabis. Yep. Do you feel like that? That I'm right on that? That the tide's starting to turn in terms of the education oh, and the facts. Yeah, and I actually, I, I would even suggest that you know, at this point, where we have the, what they would call the big mo, and you know, question four, likely because of the state police's action now, is going to pass. It's yes. made national news what they did. So I'm pretty sure that. That 10% uh, that hadn't decided right. that they were going to vote has now decided and, you know, very well could be because of the actions of the police, you know, to collect $60,000 or whatever it was. That's so, right. Yeah. And you know what? I, I see that uh, every election, too, is that there's another 10% that they don't even count that are on our side that just come out to vote for this issue. They don't care about Clinton, uh, Clinton versus Trump. They don't vote for uh, any other issue. They're just coming out for marijuana. Just for the ballots. Yeah. So I think we're going to win big. Uh, thank you for calling in, Michael. You're uh, with Mass Patient Advocacy Alliance, MPAA, right? Yep. Compassionforpatients.com. Anyway, thank you, guys. Thank you. Take care, Mike. Thank you for all your work. Let's give Michael a round of applause. Yeah. yeah. And Nicole, right. too. Yeah. Yep. With the Young Jerks, we're at WEMF Radio uh, at 730. Who do we have coming up tonight? Is it the Nikki show? No, he's coming up late, late. What, what, uh, we also have the... Uh, the New Year's Prague show. Yeah, New Year's Prague show coming up. Um, with the Young Jerks, we're every Saturday, uh, 6 p.m. to 730. We also had uh, my story that I put out on, from Alternet. Did you see this, Bree? It's a big story. Yeah. That's why I was like, are we, are we going to talk about... <laughs> it was long, you want to get huh? into the meat oh, yeah. <laughs> tonight or, you know... Talk about something a little bit smaller, because that's a big story about uh, all of the money going into the anti-campaign, as well as all of their other. Um, I wouldn't say all of the money either, because I there was one negative. There's a lot of comments on there, mostly very positive. One person mm -hmm. said I should follow other money that I'm missing. And I'm sure there is other money I'm missing. I try to find it all, and there is a lot of money uh, to be accounted for um, mm -hmm. if you go through them. But you know, there were some definitely uh, suspect donations pointed out through this you know and a lot of it's coming from number one alcohol obviously mm -hmm. the alcohol industry the commercial alcohol industry oh, they big keep surprise yeah they keep one of the you know the opponents of this keep wanting to talk about the commercial marijuana industry but they never want to talk about the commercial alcohol industry that's financing them that's bankrolling them and that's proven uh you know when people are polled if they would rather drink or if cannabis was provided as an option which one would they choose well people would choose cannabis so of course some people would yeah the not everybody industry. But some they've people seen like in polls. alcohol yeah. they've seen in polls that but, a lot of people but a lot of people like me would alcohol. much rather have uh, yeah, cannabis definitely. deception mm -hmm. dirty dealing and duplicity the low down campaign to keep marijuana illegal in massachusetts 
uh, on alternate right now by Mike Crawford. That's me. The prohibitionist campaign for a safe and healthy Massachusetts has some strange bedfellows and even stranger notions of fair play and honesty. And we get into it. Um, you know, there was also some donations from the Cronin Group. I was just going to say, um, they have to do with real estate, correct, and development? Is yep. that what they do? And they have and so a major deal going in the Seaport area. And uh, supposedly it's not within state environmental guidelines. They're trying to go closer and higher, and they're not... Apparently, following the law and the BRA, the Boston, you know, run, you know, basically run by Mayor Walsh. BRA, people, you know, have always said is just, you know, basically directed by the mayor of Boston. They approved it. They're turning a blind eye. And I don't, it's not even the BRA anymore because the BRA is so shady they had to change their name. They've come up with a new name for the BRA. That's the Boston Redevelopment Authority. We have this big authority in Boston that decides all the real estate and the zoning in Boston. And they haven't really always done a good job. They've always kind of represented uh, the financial interest and maybe not the interest of the people so much that live there, the citizens. So they had to come up with a new name for their agency. They're the ones who approved the Cronin Group's proposal that may not follow state environmental guidelines and laws, and it's going to be contested. Uh, They made a huge contribution to the Safe and Healthy campaign, and it's noted in the story. Um, And that's, you know, again, maybe a a little... uh, you know, bonus for the mayor, Walsh, who's totally against it. Mm-hmm. And he's funded by similar parties as well. You brought up the, that there's cross money, money going into this campaign. That's also funding politicians who have come out publicly against the campaign, which I think is the most interesting part of what you brought up, how it's the money is just all going against cannabis. All the institutional money. Yep. Because they're going to lose money. Like, we've talked about this. Law enforcement is going to lose some resources mm-hmm. uh, from this. Uh, we also know uh, addiction people, you know, they oh, want to yeah. deny it. I think they're going to lose money because marijuana does you reduce addiction. That's less right. beds that are needed, you know, less yep. money, less mm-hmm. of a problem. And we've talked about that addiction being a big whole addiction It's a huge industry. A huge, a huge racket. They're making so much money and there's so much abuse and they're yep. so on. Unre- you talk about an unregulated industry. Yeah, no kidding. All those Let's talk about houses. them. Let's Whoa. talk about Same. their, yeah. you know. Yeah. So yep. uh, all of a sudden they go silent on that side. Yep. And all of a sudden they go silent when alcohol is funding a campaign that they're, you know, this it's, it's, it is strange. Uh, and also in the story, it also gets into some of the uh, illegal actions. You know, there's a city that, uh, you know, I think got busted, basically breaking campaign law uh, in Massachusetts. Eric Casey from Forefront in, uh, Adventures. I think it's actually a town, town in Needham. Needham Department of Public Health, um, you know, has been retweeting uh, messages from the opposition campaign to question four. That's a state, fun, uh, you know, uh, town funded, a public funded no, organization, a town funded. Ethical violation yeah. for them to be spewing. You can't campaign. <laughs> One town can't campaign <laughs> from an official things account. on either side, you know. So there's really that. And, the, and they deny it, of course. Um, there's the Walpole police chief we pointed out. There's Kevin Sabat. Um, you know, and the great thing is that now these people are being heckled. Publicly, you know, on Twitter and Facebook, people are going after them. They're being challenged, and especially when they come out and speak in public. You know, Mm -hmm. our people are showing up, which is awesome. Thank Um, you, people. Yeah. And there's also uh, the big one, which is Governor Baker. You Mm -hmm. see this one? Mm -hmm. What he did on the uh, ballot itself, the voter uh, guide. 
as far as he was uh, put in charge of drafting what was it the like the official voter guide for right. fiscal yep. what would for the fiscal, fiscal was a statement yeah. of the fiscal consequences of the initiative passing exactly. for legalization and he basically lied completely lied because the money is like 50 to 2 it's like you know I, I don't know the exact numbers. You can listen to the debates again, but it's like, you know, it costs $2 million to administer. You get $50 million back, you know, and in Colorado, it was like a hundred million, you know, it might cost five, 10, 15 million to administer in mass. Okay. Cause we're so, you know, we're, you know, have such a hackocracy, but you're talking about an industry that from the tax is going to generate a hundred million plus, right. you know, there's plenty of money there. And he basically lied. He said there wasn't enough money from the tax to even fund the regulation of it, which is a bunch, it's a complete yeah. and there's lie. And money, there's money for taxes to fund the arresting of people yep. and, yep. Uh, you know, right. prosecution of it, right. basically. Yep. Like there's plenty of money and, they're and spending doing a, that. this is a governor using, again, state resources. We're paying to print out these voter guides, and he's lying in there. He's using his public office to lie. That's yep. a crime. That's, that's a crime. propaganda yeah. to every registered voter. And they wanted to try, they want to try to raise crazy. the tax. Yep. They want it higher. Why does anyone want to hire? Right. And then, yeah, again, uh, I got the governor on the phone. We played that, I think, last week. Uh, asked the governor's segment on Boston Public Radio. Asked him, is, is cannabis safer than, uh, or is alcohol safer than cannabis? <laughs> and big surprise, he wouldn't answer. He talked about gummies. Yeah, he, <laughs> oh. he talked about cannabis oh. for five minutes. Is that and still a thing? I, I go away for three months. I come out and we're still talking gummies? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. The fear of edibles and what they could pose as a risk, you know, for the future. It's, it's crazy to think that we're uh, trusted to be adults and consume all of these different dangerous substances that we can access legally from alcohol to tobacco. Right. But, you know, you can't give them some low-dose 10-milligram edibles. Right. <laughs> They're going to go wild with those. Right. You know? right. Especially considering the recommend or the state requirements um, that are already put in place because of the medical program. Right. Like when it comes to edibles and packaging. And we know. But the regulations are going to be even extra, you know. This is all, the opposition just lies and lies and lies and lies, and the big media lets them get away with it in Boston. I'm just glad that we have alternate and uh, to put it out there and tell the truth, and I'm glad that we have WEMF Radio. And Binge. Yeah, and Binge, Boston Institute of Nonprofit Journalism, and that we have uh, all the people listening and going to these hearings and going to these <laughs> yeah. meetings and, go, and going to these debates and, and bringing up the facts that we're bringing up, and, and they have the education and knowledge on their side, and they're not scared. They're, they're pissed off and ready to go. I know, uh, Brianna, you've also um, been doing some outreach with the campaign, handing out flyers. Like, how, how, how does that work, and can people uh, get involved in the campaign? If you want to get involved with the campaign, you can actually go right onto their website, Regulate MA. I believe they have a volunteer link right there. Um, you can basically contact them, though, through any of their social media sites, and they'd get back to you directly. But if you go right online, you can register with them. Um, you just submit. It's a basic online form. You're like, hi, I'm interested in volunteering. Here's my email. And they send you an email blast whenever they need things shared, whether it's on Facebook. You know, that's a simple thing you can do, sharing things on Facebook, getting the word out. Or you can do as much as uh, signing up to be a part of phone banks that will be taking place over, uh, you know, the next couple of weeks leading up to the election. There's going to be phone bakes. Um, you can go out with groups. There's going to be door-to-door -door campaigning that will be happening. Um, and it also, you know, it doesn't take an event for you to be an advocate or an activist. You can always just get campaign materials. Yep, and talk and to people. Go out in your neighborhood. Go to your local commuter rail stop, your tea yep. stop. Um, and you, you know, can get those campaign store, materials directly from them on their website. You can hit them up. Regulatemass.com. Uh, com or regulatemass.org, I believe. Regulate MA. Yeah. Regulate. No, it's not MA. I just no. try that. Regulate yeah. Mass. It is Regulate Mass. Okay. So, uh, so regulate ma. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm looking to see. Not regulate. Yeah, yeah, Regulatemassachusetts.org. Yeah. Or, or regulatemass.com. <laughs> that's easy. And they're both you. leading you there. Yeah, okay. It's 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 all good. So yeah. You can you can do that immediately and get involved. Uh, it does help. We need to get out the vote. We need to make yeah. sure people know all about this, and get ready to vote November. Whatever it is, what is the date now? November eighth. Yeah. I don't even know. November yeah, eighth. I believe. November I, you know, roads messed me up. I thought that people had until October eighteenth to register to vote, and he was saying October seventeenth. You got to register by. So, yeah, and everything's creeping up. Make sure yeah, you register to vote. Fast. And Stephen Mandilli, what do you got going on? Oh, so much. Uh, where I'm planning a White House visit. I was meet. I met with the Attorney General earlier this week. Um, there's quite a few things. Um, we're trying to plan an event um, for veterans um, in, in con- and Councilman Tito Jackson's district. Nice. We want to get people out there. Um, it's, it's just nonstop talking to people about the vote. Um, I go random places, grocery store, Dunkin' Donuts, start talking about it. If you talk to one person that might change their vote or might actually go out and vote for it because oh, they oh talk yeah, to even you, the you're, people you're, that, that's that, advocating. Yeah, so many times when I talk to people, they didn't know it was going to be on the ballot and they right. support it. That's right. like the yeah. key, really. That's right. our key to winning is those votes are out there. A lot of people just don't know it's on the ballot. They don't want to vote for Trump or Clinton. A lot of these people yeah, they're sitting that back are on our then, side. Yeah. But when they find out marijuana is on the ballot, then they want to come out to vote. Yep. And go go to the to the public forums and, and listen to, to what's being said because I've gone to a lot of the opposition ones and I'm leaving just, just like shocked and enraged that people are going there thinking that they're learning facts and they're just hearing the propaganda stories, which are just lies. We're about to hang up uh, and, and close out the show here, but we got our last call, so we'll see who it is real quick. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? It's your favorite, Alex Mendez. What's up, brother? Hey. <laughs> What's Run going on? Uh, hi, Mike. Hi, Bree. Hey, Lauren and Steve. I don't know Steve, but hi. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, just wanted to say, great show. I saw everyone at Hemfest uh, or at the Freedom Rally the other day, or weeks ago, whatever. But uh, Keenan and I, uh, drug warrior, John Keenan, I mean, him and I will be one-on-one on October 19th. That's awesome. Where nice. is that at? Uh, it's going to be in Quincy. I'm going to try to get it online as fast as possible. He delayed for a while. Uh, so I, I invited it for this week, too, but I doubt that's going to happen. So it's most likely the 19th. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, um, that and he's going to be at, uh, Mike, I read your article, great article about the funding and the uh, ethics violations. There's going to be another ethics violation yep. on October 13th in Braintree where Keenan, chiefs of police and all that are going to be spreading their uh, propaganda, propaganda under the guise of education, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's it. So, Alex Mendez, you're running, uh, as make sure everyone knows, for Mass State Senate against John Keenan, yep. who's been a long-term uh, career politician, who's been totally reformat, he's been totally against medical decrim and now legal, yep. um, and you're running against him, you're going to get to b- debate him, it sounds like, I'm October so 19th. October 19th. He's actually going to respond. And we want people to come out in Quincy. You know, show up. We we want uh, the room to be full of people for Alex Mendez on October 19th. Yep. Uh, If you live in Quincy, Braintree, any of the surrounding areas, come out to this event. Follow Alex Mendez on Facebook. We'll post about it too, Alex, definitely. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, That's great. While we're doing it now, uh, Bree mentioned um, what was it, the advocacy, how simple it is. Um, It'd be a big help on Election Day if you. 
I can help give rides, arrange people. If they want to hold signs for question four, I'll drive them anywhere in Quincy, whatever. If they want to put in a couple hours, and then all I ask is maybe if they can hold a sign for me too if they're there. I'll do anything they ask, and then we're going to have a big party election day. So if anyone wants to uh, go to MendezForSenate.com and sign up to volunteer, let's fucking change the world, right? MendezForSenate.com. We love you, Alex. Thanks for calling right. in. We want to book you too for our formal interview coming back uh, before the election too. Yeah, tell me anytime. I'll be there. I'd love to show up. Perfect. Thank you, Alex. All right. Bye, guys. Have a good one. Great show. Thanks, Alex. You too. Alex is an educator, and he's also uh, someone who totally supports legalization. And he, he's, he was unanswered by Keenan for so long. Yeah. It's nice that he's actually getting October results October 19th, now. right? I knew it. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, and this an Thursday, too, like, uh, this coming up in the week, uh, Thursday at Salem State, there's going to be an event with Bob O'Bell. He's holding a forum. Yes. He's a teacher instructor at Salem State. I'm actually going to this. It's right Same down here. the street. I can't <laughs> wait to go hang out with Bob O'Bell again. Oh, man. Uh, if you're up on the North Shore on Thursday, come to it. Check it out, you know? You get to see Bob LaBelle and you get to hear about legalization. That's like two good things in one, right? It's the best mm-hmm. of both worlds. And I think it's yep. free. It's completely free. So, and you get to hang out with me and St- Stephen well, and I'll I. Be there, yep. Yeah, maybe Stephen and I might even smoke you up after. Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll carpool. Who knows, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hot box. <laughs> we don't. We, in Salem, we don't even need it. We can just walk down right down the street. That's my area. We're, we're safe. All right. My kid. That's, yeah. that's his hood, man. Yeah, my kid. I got my badge. <laughs> it's a badge. It's like... You, you Official wanna, Mike Can badge. This will, this will give me more money in alternate stories if you bust me, all right? <laughs> right, right. The badge. I don't want to get in there. We got to go. We're the Young Jerks. We're here every Saturday at 6 p.m. We're over our time. I want to thank everyone. Who do, who do we have today, uh, Bree? Uh, we have Lauren. I can never say your last name. Pespiza. Pespiza. I, I always want to say Pespiza. Pe- Pe- Pepsipa. Yeah, like yeah. They I call me. The, they call me Pepsi Cola in prison. Yeah, so. it's just every time I look at it. Pe- let me say it. Pespiza. Pespiza. Yeah. You okay. did it. You did it. <laughs> we have Lauren Pespiza here. Finally back. back. Yep. We should yep. give her a round of applause. And you said yes. you want to come in more often, like you, like you were in the past. You yeah, of course. Of, of course. I feel so. It's so nice to be here. God, this is one of the things I miss the most. So. Awesome. Yep. Welcome home. Thank you. And then we also have Stephen Mendilly here tonight from Veterans Alternative Healing Inc., who's here uh, commentating with us. And then we started with a phone call with um, Diane Fornbacher from uh, Ladybud Magazine. Ladybud. Yeah, she does so many awesome things. Check out (laughs) ladybud.com. And then we also talked to uh, Scott Batano, the CEO of Social High, who is facing some really unfair discrimination against him as a somebody who works in the cannabis industry, not even as a cannabis user, having his children taken from his home unjustly and put into an, a documented unsafe situation. Right. Um, so. Hopefully that changes. And uh, we also had Alex Mendez, who just yes. called in a few minutes ago. He's running for uh, state senate. We hope he wins. Vote for him also November 8th. You can, uh, again, there's an event he's doing. He's debating October 19th. Check that out. Mm-hmm. We'll have the information to share that online as well um, yep. so that you guys can go to that. And we'll be back next week, uh, same time, 6 p.m., The Young Jerks on WEMF Radio. Spread it around. Send, send your friends invites to our Facebook page. Uh, like us on Stitcher. Like us on, you know, you can like us and rate us on those we iTunes. We like you. You yeah. should like us, too. And share the podcast. <laughs> Radio, you can, mm-hmm. like, like us or whatever. is a, a thumbs up button, I think. Hit it. Yeah. Especially on iHeartRadio. That that one looks all official. You can share that on your Facebook page. Yeah. Check out the iHeartRadio podcast, you know. Yeah, spread the word and, and like it and subscribe and, you know, do all those things for us. Thank you.
We don't, we're not asking you to send money. Just asking you to you show the sport. Too, Spread it around. <laughs> 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 Only small dollar bills, though. Make checks you. payable to Lauren Pespiza. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the canteen? No, you don't need Yes, any. that's my canteen. What do, you, what do they do <laughs> with the canteen money? I actually received a check um, uh, from the canteen. I got that. I requested that when I left last week, oh. and they mailed it to me. Oh. So wow. it's not, it's, it has, was not sent in vain to all you who sent me money. Very <laughs> nice. Yes, thank you. Unresolved questions here. We have some <laughs> questions. It's good to have you back. Uh, it's good. Uh, good uh, thank you again, uh, Herb. Always for doing WEMF Radio, doing our show, The Young Jerks. Uh, thank you, Herbie. We'll be back. What do we have for music going out? Anything? You gonna screw up another song for us? We're not gonna do that. Good one? grief again, right? I want, no, we're gonna have to play that next week, and you're gonna actually have to find the song. And we'll I will rededicate it to the King of Pot. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll be back next week. See you next. See you next week. Yeah, 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 yeah